Welcome to Learnology on Hindsight, the podcast with Lee Jones. You don't know what you don't know. And this is the show to bridge that gap. Welcome to Learnology, the podcast. I'm your host, Lee Jones, and today we have Kelly Hoey with us. Thanks for coming, Kelly. Thanks for having me. So Kelly has worked with top companies, brands, and conferences. She's appeared on CNBC's Power Pitch, co-created and moderated the Meet the Innovators speaker series on Apple, and contributed to publications such as the New York Times, Forbes.com, Fast Company, and Inc., Kelly's also an author of the book, Build Your Dream Network, Forging Powerful Connections in a Hyperconnected World. So, so Kelly, let's start there. What motivated you to write the book? Um, finally listening to my network. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I often say to people, you know, uh, your network sometimes sees more in you than you see in yourself. And... That was truly the case for me. I started my uh, career, Lee, as, a, as an attorney. Uh, I you know, came from a family that sort of expected that you would get, you know, not one degree, but a, an advanced, advanced degree, and that there was only certain types of professions that were sort of acceptable of things you do. It was very sort of narrow um, view of things, all well-meaning, but narrow. And so I was an attorney. Uh, for uh, 11 years doing corporate uh, banking and insolvency law. I then moved into law firm management. And it wasn't until I was in the management role that one of my bosses said to me, hey, you do something differently when it comes to making these connections. You should tell people about it. Um, My reaction to him at the time was, you're an idiot. That's the (laughs) stupidest thing I've ever heard. But it played out over time uh, in terms of watching what I did, how I then moved into the startup world, how I then, you know, got a, you know, a byline in the New York Times, how the whole speaker series at Apple started, like all of those things came through networks and relationships. And in 2000, yeah, I guess it was 2014, 2015, I really stopped and said, all right, what's the thread between all these disparate pieces of my career? And it was relationships. And I thought, well, now's the time to talk about it. This is a great topic because um, one of the things in, in, in Learnology is a, is a sub-series for Hindsight, the podcast. And one of the things that Eric and I talk about to people who are transitioning to different jobs or, or things like that is the importance of networking, right? So when I saw your, your, you know, what you do, like this is, it really blew my mind. I was super happy to have you join the show. So once again, thank you for that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you know what, you know, picking up on that, you know, say that, you know, people, it's networking. I think when we hear the word networking, we all, all of a sudden manage, imagine we have to go out and talk to strangers. Right. And... What my career, and you said, hey, how, why'd you write the book? It was stopping and listening to my own network. So as incomplete or inadequate as you think your current network is, you have one. What is it they see in you? What do they ask you for? If you don't know, ask them. You could ask a very simple question. What do you think I'm good at? And then really be prepared to sit and listen to the answers because it may reveal something you hadn't imagined doing 
or it could sort of signal saying, whoa, they all still think I'm a corporate lawyer, you know, doing CMBS, uh, you know, transactions uh, for big banks. I better beef up my or update my LinkedIn profile so they don't think that anymore. Um, (laughs) When I think think about my own career. Right. But it also sort of asking that question gives you an invitation to start conversations within your network. And you need to remember that your network has networks that don't include you. So before you start sort of thinking, oh my God, I'm going to change jobs. I need to go out and network, which strangers are going to magically, you know, anoint me or sparkle, you know, sprinkle sparkly, you know, career success fairy dust on me, you know, start with your own network and start by asking them questions such as what do you think I'm good at? Um, And see what the answers are. That's that's good advice. I've never thought to do that. So I appreciate that. I think I'll ask my wife today. What do you think I'm good at? <laughs> see Brace yourself. <laughs> Brace yourself for the answer, Lee. Brace yourself for the answer. <laughs> Absolutely. So with with COVID going on right now, right? What is a, a good strategy for cr- expanding your network? Uh, well, it was probably some of the same strategy I would have told people before COVID. Excellent. Guess good. You know, (laughs) I've I've been a broken record on some of these things for an awfully long time. I mean, the first thing I would think about is one, um, uh, look at your own network, right? Right. Look at your own network and take an audit of who and what is there Two, think about what are like what are the types of people or the types of information or resources you're looking to you know expand into to diversify your network because if you've already looked at your own network you might uncover some of those resources there or you may uncover people you can ask you know questions to about resources you're thinking you're going to need and you can get a more seasoned um, reasonable, you know, kind of, you know, starting point or some more accuracy in the information before just running out and networking. Okay. Uh, and then after that, if you're like, okay, I know what I need. It's not my existing network. Um, I've talked to people in my network and they had some ideas, but they're not too sure. You know, that's when you jump on over to the internet and you start looking for communities, um, conferences, events to start that exploration process of finding the right new networks to interact with. Um, But before COVID, I would have told you the same thing. You know, what is it that you need? What is it you already have? Um, And where is the right community association organization? What's the right place you need to be? to be socializing and engaging and contributing to get, to, I want to say, to give value and get value and get you closer to whatever that career goal is you're seeking. Okay, so I do these things. Um, I definitely love now um, the online conventions that they're having, even though obviously you'd like to see them in person, um, but the easier access to that to those things. Um, a lot of times I recommend LinkedIn and having people to uh, update their LinkedIn profiles and, and, and things like that. So what strategies uh, would you have for someone who is uh, looking to open up a networking community in LinkedIn? 
Well, I mean, LinkedIn is critical. I mean, pre-COVID, it was critical, uh, even more so now. I mean, think about it. Someone says, oh, you should talk to Lee. He, this is what he does, and he's really great. What does that other person go and do? They immediately jump on the internet and Google your name to see what comes up. Or they jump over to LinkedIn to verify, but if they Google your name, LinkedIn probably comes right up after your own website. Um, and so that's why it's like hypercritical that you um, keep your LinkedIn profile, you know, up to date. I, you know, LinkedIn groups are interesting in terms of finding communities. I mean, things to do on LinkedIn, I would do. One, you can go and look at some of the groups and things they have. Um, my typical kind of reaction and my experience in the past has been so many of those groups you can join on LinkedIn. You know, you just end up having people sell stuff, you know, kind of at yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, and so I kind of are like, mm. but there might be alumni groups, there might be um, associations, there might be stuff that you just want to keep in your periphery, just so you're in the information loop and in that public flow of information, which is really critical. So you don't find out about a job or um, a, an event or something, you know, three weeks after it happened, you know, you're, you're able to watch um, and observe it. So that's one thing to do in terms of like groups on LinkedIn. But this is again where asking people their experiences mm -hmm. with certain groups is important because someone say, may say, hey, yeah, Kelly, I know you've had that experience with those types of groups on LinkedIn, but this one is different. And that's when you could say, well, tell me how you've used it. How have you gotten value? We don't need... When someone says to us, you should network or you should join this networking group or you should join this, you don't need to jump immediately. Ask some questions first, because one person's networking experience doesn't necessarily mean it'll be the same for you. Mm. The other thing with the other thing with LinkedIn right now is I have found it. I mean, I've been using LinkedIn since 2008. Um, wow. Okay, so LinkedIn now, it's actually a little bit more friendly, a little bit more engaging because we got nothing else going on. <laughs> and so one way to find community is, you know, use hashtags to see what, what who is using those hashtags, what's going on with their timeline. Um, are they posting and engaging in the comments of things they're posting? Mm -hmm. Because I have found there's much more of a chance to create kind of a dialogue and that feeling of community, even within posts by, you know, when you tag people, when you respond, when you ask questions. So you don't necessarily need to join a group. You can just choose to be more engaging while you're using the features you've already used or, or comfortable using okay. on LinkedIn. Okay. So as a networking expert, now I know it's, it's in the title, right? But what is the main objective of your, I wouldn't say service, but of, of what you do? What is your main objective? And, I, and don't say uh, to make networks, right? Or to show people how to network. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to help other people succeed. Oh, that's even better. That's even I, better. Okay. I, you know, like if you're familiar with um, Simon Sinek's um, TEDx talk, his original TEDx talk, Why? Um, and, you know, you talk, he talks in that TEDx about what's your why? And, and I often say to people, hey, we can all have career goals, but 
what's the mission statement? Why do you do this? You know, uh, and, you know, my friend Tiffany Dufu, um, you know, her why is advancing women and girls. Now she's done that as being head of the White House project. She's done that, um, you know, in various other roles on the board of director of Girls Who Code as an author of a book, uh, as, you know, founder of the crew. So, you know, all of these different things she's done all kind of lead towards the same why do you do this? And for me, my why is helping other people succeed. So whether that's giving them the networking advice, um, you know, helping them unlock their own potential, mentoring, you know, everything that I've done, I was like, okay, there's, there's how being a lawyer, being in management, being in marketing, now being an author, this is how all these sort of different pieces of a, you know, nonlinear career mm -hmm. now actually make sense and don't feel disjointed um, as I talk about my career with other people. So okay. that's, that's what I do, help others succeed. So what does your ideal client look like? You know what, I have that really annoying problem that I have a very large and disparate audience from college students to retirees. Um, you know, you, you hear that, I would say back when I was so involved in the startup community mm -hmm. and a startup founder, you'd say to them, who's your audience? And they'd, they'd say, everybody needs my product. And you'd roll your eyes and you're like, ah, that's this, this is for sure going to fail because <laughs> this person doesn't have a focus on their audience. Right, um, right, right. But, you know, since Build Your Dream Network was, came out originally in hardcover in 2017, the audience just has continued to expand. Um, because the message in it and, and the approach has resonated with so many people. So in the last year, um, an incredible focus on college students and university students um, who have uh, I mean, sort of getting in front of that audience and helping them, you know, navigate networking because they've graduated into uh, an economic situation that they had never imagined in their lifetimes, let alone the rest of us who've been through a few of them. Right. Uh, um, as well as people who have been, um, uh, I would say, uh, involuntarily tossed into back into the labor market uh, and people who has as a result of the last year um, are really reimagining what it is that they want to do because, you know, 2020 and the events of you know the pandemic um, have made us reassess our values and what gives us meaning um, you know the, yeah. when everything's when everything sort of seems to be taken away you sort of begin to reassess what matters so the, those of a, of a big pool of an audience those seem to be the three that continuously come to the forefront right now oh okay good so I recently, well, three years ago, I retired from the Army. And when I retired, um, it was it was a challenge, right? Because I did 26 years. So it was difficult understanding um, what was needed to successfully transition from the Army to civilian life again. And though I did it, it was because of people like yourself who helped me, who talked about networking and who... Basically, I, I really got my job from talking to someone who really helped me out with the resume process and some other skills. And But my question is, do you have um, many uh, military families who seek you out? 
I do. Um, and I've had, I've had a lot of people in terms of that. And, th- and first of all, let me say, thank you for your service. Thank you. Um, that, yeah, well, that could be another conversation <laughs> in and of itself. Um, yeah, I'm going to say transitions, you know, from, you know, you're, you're so used to sort of one, um, I want to say one mode of operation, one very tight community, one set of rules, and how we navigate that transition into something else. Uh, but I think you know, going from the military into civilian life is is you know sort of a a great contrast in taking that step into through that transition. But very often, you know, institutions as well as ourselves, we don't prepare ourselves for that. You know, you think of people who have the shock of retirement because they haven't planned the transition into the retirement and what that will be. Um, and my own career transition, when I went from being a lawyer to, and it, this was not a big transition if, when I say it, Lee. Mm-hmm. I made a transition from being a lawyer onto the management side of law. Okay. It took me 18 months to successfully make that transition. Wow. Because I had to build an entirely new network. Right. Because the rules on the management side of, you know, who got the, you know, the secret handshake and was invited onto that side was completely different than the lawyer side. Even though it's the same industry, even though I had lived and breathed being a lawyer for 12 years, it was mm-hmm. like, mm, yeah, no, sorry, this is, there's a different handshake and different rules, earn your stripes, and then you can come over, you know, once the secret committee, you know, gives you the, the signal that you can come, Thanks. you know, take a step over the threshold, <laughs> right. Or, right, you know, when I th- sort of think of those word of mouth networks. So um, I think it's a th- something that, you know, whether it is the military, whether it is a company that is, you know, got people who are retiring um, or, or taking packages, you know, like buyouts to leave. I think we need to do more to help people with those transitions. And it is the rare person that I meet who kind of looks ahead and plans the, all right, I'm starting to think my transition now for the next, you know, five years or for three years from now, or, you know, we think about getting the right amount of money in our retirement account. Right. But we don't think about how we're going to spend that time once we have the resources to do so. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So it's funny you would say that because um, you think I would carry it in while in the military through those 26 years. One of the things that we were told is, you know, you're at certain rank, rank structures or rank levels uh, throughout your career. And I was told by a wise um, sergeant, someone who was above me, to always think two promotions ahead, right? So always prepare yourself for two steps ahead in the career thing. So you you spoke about um, getting the approval uh, to transition to your next, the next uh, stage of your career at that time. And once you got into that that stage of your career, how does networking or do you need to change your network at that point because you're dealing with different people, um, you're dealing with different topics, different, um, you know, whatever. Do you need to to always 
be reinventing your network? I mean, you're going to keep your core network, obviously, but do you always need to reinvent your network as you progress? Absolutely. Because depending on what level you're at uh, in your career, what point you're at in your career, the type of networking may need to be different. So thinking about my own career, when it started, you know, there was a whole lot of information gathering and, and learning the craft and building relationships with um, the partners who could either mentor me uh, or, you know, tell the others that I was great to work with so I would get the referrals of other projects. So thinking when I was a lawyer. And then at a certain point, you kind of master your craft and then you've got to look outward. And so you have direct relationships with others in the profession outside of your own company. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, you might say, right, I even want a higher profile so that um, others you know, beyond my immediate circle in the industry. But the lesson from when I made that career change from practicing law into management, which I think holds for anyone, was I was never going to make my career, like expose it to such vulnerability ever again. I had a very singular network, which might be the way you felt about your network, leaving the military, a very singular network with a whole lot of depth to it based on expertise, experience, and being in this one siloed area. Um, But that's great if you want to keep staying in that area and that focus, (laughs) but to do anything else, you're kind of constrained. So I was never going to make my career vulnerable like that again. Okay. The, The benefit of like forward planning, when I finally landed the management job after, you know, kind of 18 months, because it was also a word of mouth network to land the job and I had no previous experience. Um, And and it had been, you know, sort of a time of an economic recession. So I don't want, you know, listeners to think, oh my God, it takes 18 months. It may take less, it may take more. But there's what the reality was for me. So when I finally did land, excuse me, the dream job, I um, I had the network I needed to do that job. Mm. I had I, I already had really strong professional relationships with my peers at other firms. So the challenges you face in the first you know 60, 90, you know 120 days of being a new manager, I had people to call. I had people I could call and say, you know, shoot, have you ever faced this before? Have you had this problem? What would you recommend? I'd already attended the conferences and read all the books and read all the materials on, you know, kind of getting myself up to speed. Now it was a question of applying myself. So there was a whole lot of strength and more like a kind of like landing in a job and having a trampoline, not a net to jump, not a safety net. It was more like a safety trampoline because there was a lot more kind of vibrancy <laughs> um, and, and support in it that way. And, and so there was a whole lot of value in having that. Um, but it did change also in the sense of right now I'm in this role from, from that new network of management professionals instead of being the person in the audience Gotcha. When we got together, I can now, you know, move myself to the stage and talk about what I'm doing. Excellent. So you spoke a little bit, you, you touched on it. How important is it to have a mentor? And is it important to have more than one mentor? It's important to have mentors. 
um, very important. I think some of us in life will have the good fortune of being able to look back and, and point to people who have been there for extended periods of time during our career. Mm -hmm. But if we approach mentorship as, um, as a singular model, as in, will you be my mentor and have a mentor for life who, you know, has a coffee date or lunch with us every two weeks. Um, I think people will be very disappointed because it's hard to find those. And, right. and, you, and you miss out on mentorship if you cling to that model of mentorship. What I recommend to people is, like, make a list of the questions and information that you're seeking. What is it that you need to know? And, and, and be as, don't be afraid of being specific in those questions. And then look at each of those questions and think, wow, who could give me the best answer for that? Mm. And, and, and it could be someone in your network. It be, could be someone you know. It could be, I don't know, it could be someone, you know, fill in your, my God, wouldn't it be amazing to have, you know, fill in the blank as a mentor. Right. And then think about how I could get information from that person. So from someone you know, you could reach out and ask them. You could say, wow, I'd love to ask you this question. And ask them the question. Don't email someone and say, hey, can we get on a Zoom? And I'd like to talk to you about some stuff. Like, no, like, just don't do that. Right? People are, <laughs> people are, I would have said this before the pandemic, people are tired and fatigued at, this is like, I've lived in New York for, you know, 22 years at this point. So I'm like, just <laughs> ask the question. Um, and then for these other people, like say, I don't know, let's put, put, put in, put a name of a celebrity. Maybe there was someone you like, you're like, oh my God, wouldn't it be amazing? Um, well, hey, these, these, you know, the, I want to think of my world, venture capitalists, authors, you know, all these people, they have podcasts, right? They have books, they write blogs, they're interviewed. Think beyond sitting down and having coffee with someone as a mentorship model to get information. You could be mentored by someone because you read their blogs, you followed their tweets, because you're, you're really with mentorship, you're, you're looking to get answers. Hmm. Um, and, and you're looking to get advice. And frankly, some of these, you know, imagine, you know, you sort of imagine, oh, my God, wouldn't it be amazing if, you know, fill in the blank was my mentor. Right. Well, really, if you'd read their books and watched their podcasts and did all these things, maybe reaching out and asking them a question at some point, based on all that information, maybe you'd get a mentor. Nice. You know, that, and, and, that's That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. Well, well, it just opens up more possibilities. And, you know, I'll give you an example, Lee, from my own life. Um, so one of the people who I started when I got on, so about the time I got on LinkedIn is about the time I got on Twitter. So back in 2008. And one of the topics I was really interested in was management, like sort of management, corporate governance and, you know, operational kind of things that way. Right. And so one of the people I started following was the author, Tom Peters. Um, Tom wrote In Search of Excellence, which was the best-selling business book uh, probably for 40 years. Uh, he's written he's written 19 books. He's got, you know, uh, just anyway. Okay. And so I started following Tom on Twitter. And at some point he followed me and we, you know, with his sort of activity on Twitter, and it is him, you know, kind of engaged in conversation um, over about a seven year period until I decided to write my book. 
And then he direct messaged me one day and he said, hey, I pre-ordered your book. Nice. And I'm like, whoa, best-selling author of like 19 books has just bought my book. And so I messaged him. I'm like, yo, I would have sent you one. <laughs> and fast forward, Tom is now a mentor and a friend. And he wrote the foreword to the paperback edition of my book. But he was a mentor well before Twitter because I've read his books and I've read his articles and I've watched, you know, I want to say how he presents, how he thinks about his career, mm -hmm. that he is now a friend, that he is now a mentor that I can pick up the phone and talk to, that he's a mentor that I've had coffee in person with once. Right. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, and so that's the other thing. Rethink this and then use these digital tools in very human ways. And you never know someone who your otherwise your, introdu your introduction or your interaction with would be, you know, come sort of freaky syncophant in a book signing or, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, could be something meaningful because you've, you've committed to a process of getting to know them and their work and you can ask and engage them in a, in a much uh, more informed and intelligent way. Wow. Well, I definitely <laughs> learned something there. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Because, you know, and it's it's not that I don't do those things, but it's just that I never looked at that as mentorship. Right. And it, it makes absolute sense. Like they're answering questions that I have. And that's why I'm listening to their podcast. So that's why I'm reading their blog. So in essence, yeah, that is a, a form of, of mentorship. And hopefully I can uh, be as lucky as you <laughs> and have <laughs> maybe have coffee with you one day. All right? <laughs> you know what? We are going to make that. We are definitely going to make that happen. Um, but all this information is sort of like, oh, yeah, I'm getting mentored by these people because of, you know, like your podcast and you talking about your transition from military to civilian. Someone who said, oh, my God, I want Lee to mentor me. If they listen and take in this information, at some point, they're going to have a better question to ask you than something you've answered 16 times already. And that's going to show you, wow, this person's really thought about this. I'm, you know, I'm going to really lean into helping them out. Right. And that really starts something that is beyond just asking a question. That's what starts the, the pathway to a lifelong mentorship relationship rather than just showing up and thinking, Hey, would you be my mentor? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I also said that you were a speaker, keynote speaker at times. So um, give me some of those uh, experiences that you've had and also how you felt like the first time you were asked to be a keynote speaker for an event. How was that? Well, okay. So I have to provide sort of have a like footnote proviso on this one. So okay. I would when I was in law school, we in first year law school, we had to do um, a moot court, you know, sort of argue a case mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm. in front of a panel of judges who were experienced lawyers in the profession. It was such a horrible experience for me. <laughs> I burst into tears afterwards. I'm oh, so, no. <laughs> I was so stressed. And I did no public speaking for 15 years. Really? <laughs> Humble so, beginnings, right? <laughs> wow. So, this is, so, I mean, some of this is, you know, you've got to, you know, the, sort of the, the context of things you're uncomfortable with. You, you really have to 
take a look at them and say, really, what, why was that a bad situation and, and reassess them. Um, and then I started, when I started my management role, I was no sooner had I landed the job and they looked at me and they said, oh yeah, we're having an associates conference, uh, you know, in three weeks, you know, it's all the, all the associates at the firm. It was like 350, 400 of them, something like that. And anyway, you need to prepare like 20 minutes of remarks to speak to them all. Wow. And I remember looking at the partner going, I don't do that. They're like, yeah, you do. After 15 uh, years, <laughs> you get the, you get the, you land a perfect job, your dream job and boom, go ahead. Exactly. So, you know, the part of it, I think with, 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 and then when I really did after that, in terms of getting into doing more speaking, I mean, I think for anybody, you know, kind of the lesson is, um, A, don't take anyone else's sort of, you know, criticism or bad energy, you know, as, as a, you know, sort of stinging indictment on, on your skills, you know, find ways. I mean, I had to be thrown in the deep end or I would never have done it again. I swear to God, I would not have done that. And then find uh, ways that conveying the information you want to convey, find ways that are comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. So for me, I am not a PowerPoint person. Um, I do not like using PowerPoint. You know, I, I like having a conversation with the audience. Um, I really love doing moderated conversation. I love like interviewing. Uh, um, so for me, sort of easing back into and becoming sort of more prolific in speaking well before my book and everything else, I was sitting on panels. I was moderating panels. Um, then I was, you know, designing these panels. I was creating these conversations okay. um, and, and kind of eased and moved from there. But um yeah. So, so don't think there's one style. Don't, I mean, I, I love watching Ted talks, but don't watch that and think, Ooh, if I can't do that, I can't do public speaking. Mm -hmm. There's other ways to convey information that doesn't involve sort of a preset kind of formula or routine. Like what makes you comfortable so that you can be yourself, authentically yourself, in front of others and give them the information they need. Right. Okay. So you're a professional. You're a lawyer. You've, you've done all these things. You get there. I still want to know, I know no one else saw it, but how you felt the first time you had to stand up and do that associate's uh, briefing that you had to do at your first job. Uh, not your first job. You know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I mean... I would say sweaty palms, you know, the whole bit. Like, uh, I, I every time, I mean, Lee, every time I go and do a presentation, uh, there's a level of anxiety. Uh, and I don't think of that as a bad thing anymore. I think initially I was like, oh, I have to get over this. I, you know, I, just, I have to stop being like this. I'm not going to be successful being a speaker if I'm going to be nervous. But my my attitude now is that, my anxiety comes from, or my, you know, the butterflies in my stomach come from wanting to give the best information. Right. Go back to where I said, like, my goal is to help other people succeed. And so if I'm nervous, it's because, you know, I have high expectations that I can help people and not being able to help them would be, you know, crushing for me. So I think that's where that um, anxiety comes from, from that sort of deep care for the audience in front of me, but it's always nerve wracking. Um, but when I am speaking on stage as opposed to behind a screen, um, besides being known as a networking expert, I'm known for my shoes. 
So I always make sure I wear really awesome shoes because that in and of itself can like people like, whoa, can we talk about your shoes? And then that that just can be a really like, you know, break down the nerves for me. So, hey, I love yeah. the I love the photo on your About <laughs> Kelly page. <laughs> I love those shoes. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, yeah, it's things people know me for, but. You know, it makes it it makes the rest of the wardrobe and packing really easy. You can just like wear the same outfit, just change the shoes. People look all that's everyone's always looking just what's shoes Kelly wearing. But there's an element, and uh, there's just an element in that for me that's like you know, listen, find ways, right, for you. Like I said, that can that can give you confidence um, and enable you to convey your message as powerfully as possible. Absolutely. So for me, I'm uh, I'm always the same way. You know, I'm not talking in, in bigger stages, but I have right. And being bald headed, I feel confident, and I go in and I'm like, all right, I got this, I got this. But I start sweating so bad on my head, I can't hide it because I don't have the hair to kind of block the sweat. But I definitely have that anxiety. But, you know, you get the message across and everything and no one really sees it except for obviously me sweating down my head. <laughs> you see, listen, like the, the way I have my fancy shoes, you got to have your, you know, your, your fan, fancy handkerchiefs that, you know. Uh, um, perfect, um, perfect idea. <laughs> you know, and, and, that, and that's also too where I, I would almost embrace it to be like folks like, well, oh my God, I've been given this timeline. I'm sweating to get through all the information for you. Like I would just, I would just find a way to incorporate Incorporate that in rather than um, ignoring it, you know. I love uh, it. Well, I mean, you know what I would say is, you know, a lot of people have heard of the author Brene Brown, and her first TEDx, her first sorry TED talk, mm-hmm. is a wonderful one to watch, and go for the very first one. In it, she breaks format. She asks them to turn up the lights because she can't see the audience. The way they had the lighting. And she needed to see the audience. And she paces the entire time. Hmm. And that's what... The message is ridiculous. Like, her message and everything she conveys is absolutely fantastic. But it's also her taking control of the stage in the way she needed to, to deliver her message, rather than saying, oops... The format requires me to stand in one space and stare at an audience that, that is all in the see. dark <laughs> and I can't see their faces. Wow. So think, think about what you need and know that the audience wants you, you to be you. If they were looking for perfectly orchestrated on stage, they'd go to Vegas for Cirque du Soleil um, or, you know... <laughs> You know, a Kanye West concert or Rolling Stones. Like, if we want perfection and a stage show, go to Coachella. If you want reality, go to the, you know, local bar that's got the person sitting on the corner with their guitar. Like, you Absolutely. Know, <laughs> it's good perspective. So, I had a bunch of questions for you. Now, I just want you to tell me, is there, is there something that I haven't asked you that you'd like to, to, to share? Boy, we've covered shoes. We've covered my legal <laughs> career. We've, I've, I've admitted that I broke into tears. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know what's left to cover. Lee, I think I, gosh, we've hit on a lot. <laughs> so, so what's the biggest bit of, uh, not the biggest bit, what is the most important message that you'd like to push out to the audience today? 
human relationships matter and they matter all the time so think about think about how you're showing up for your network Mm -hmm. every single every single day wow and that is a great way to end that is a powerful message because you know a lot of times you you reach out to your network right for for inspiration or for information but when they come to you it's it's a network right when they come to you maybe you're not so inclined to to provide so that give and take is very important to keep your network strong mm-hmm. absolutely you got it. You got it. Absolutely. So how can everyone find you besides the fact that I'm going to put a lot of the information in the show notes? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In case they're not reading the show notes, where can they find me? Um, You know what? If you go to my website, J. Kelly Hoey, that's J-K-E-L-L-Y-H-O-E-Y dot C-O dot co. Go to jkellyhoey.co and my social handles are there email address to reach out to me, um, blog posts, other podcasts I've been on, media, the whole shoot and shebang is there. Hey, Kelly, it, it's, <laughs> I'm actually looking at it and it is a beautiful website. Like I'm super jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, amazing. Well, yeah, I, I will be sure to tell the person who does it that, that you said yeah, that. Thank tell, you. Them, tell them they did an amazing job. But thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Um, I've definitely learned a lot. I appreciate all the insight and the information. And we will definitely keep in touch. And for the record, I I'm, um, I love to read, especially when there's someone who's written a book that I'm talking to, I love to read their book first. And because we kind of, I think I asked you the other day, I was like, hey, can you do it tomorrow? Right? <laughs> do the uh, podcast. I have it on order and it's supposed to come Wednesday. So I probably will be reaching out to you later, right? To tell you, hey, what does this mean in this chapter? Or, hey, this is really insightful. Mm -hmm. So just be mindful that you will be receiving a hit from me soon. (laughs) Well, well, good, because you know what? Please do that, Lee, so that, you know, you and I can jump on one of my live streaming Build Your Dream Network virtual water coolers and we can talk about those questions. Would you do that with me? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be privileged. I'd be happy to. I'm trying uh, to find the right words. You got me excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and thank you for buying my book. And because you did that, let's uh, let's find a way to get a, a copy uh, into the hands of one of your listeners. Uh, so let's talk about that after we finish recording today's episode. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again, Kelly. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Learnology. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Leave Lee a comment and like him on Instagram and Twitter. You don't know what you don't know. So So don't don't stop stop learning learning with with Learnology. Learnology.